0: so powerful for us to have a voice Mm -hmm. and to say when something is or is not okay and how powerful that is and to say something when you say something mean it you mean what you say say what you mean like
1: i try to like really live by that that's laura blyenberg and this is the powerful ladies podcast Hey, guys, I'm your host, Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Laura is one of the funniest people I know, and she oozes love. Today, her life is great. She owns a local gym, is a personal trainer and a massage therapist, has a great marriage and is a doting dog mom. On this episode, Laura shares how she escaped almost every statistic possible. Poverty, abuse, sexual abuse, alcoholism, drug abuse and a meth addiction and how love, humor and fitness saved her life. All that and so much more coming up, but first. Hey guys, did you know that there is a way that you can show a powerful lady some real love? you can be a patron of the Powerful Ladies podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Powerful Ladies. There are over six choices for you to figure out how you would like to support us. From $5 all the way up to unicorn support. Really, that's what it's called. You can be a Powerful Lady unicorn. Who doesn't want to be that? The great part is by your contributions, you get more cool free stuff and access to new and exclusive opportunities everything from hidden podcast to free merch to free coaching. What? You can be a unicorn and get free coaching or win a trip to LA paid for by us. That sounds amazing. You want a hug, don't you? So go and support Powerful ladies on Patreon today. Thank you. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies podcast. Yay. You are one of the funniest people I know. Oh. And when Brie was on the show, we talked about how we love being around you because if you're having a bad day or just a regular day or not a level 10 day, being in your presence for three seconds, you're like, oh, today is a 12. This is amazing.
0: I'm already crying. Aww.
1: This is excellent. This is going great so far. Um <laughs> And yesterday was no exception. I hand-delivered you your Powerful Ladies t-shirt, which you are wearing again today, which I am so proud about. And within three seconds of everyone wearing their t-shirts, we were hanging upside down on gym equipment. <laughs> Obviously. As you do. Yeah. So with that introduction, how about you introduce yourself, who you are, and what you're up to? Um, my name is Laura Blindberg. Um, I like short
0: walks on a long beach. And uh, I own a gym. I'm a personal trainer, massage therapist, and I'm uh, married to a lovely man named Josh. And
1: mother of dogs. And mother of three beautiful dogs. Yes. Um, I love to root you into like who you are and where you came from with the listeners. So I would love to start by just telling us like where you're from, what was life like growing up. Kind of give us a rundown, you know, up to t- 20-ish, and okay. we can go from there because that's a pivotal moment We find in people's lives.
0: It was, actually. 20 was crazy. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to get dark and dirty real quick um, because I think it has everything to do with why I am the way that I am today. Um, I was just telling Kara I grew up super poor, which sometimes isn't a bad thing, um, but it was a way for um, my mother to separate us from the people around and why they were bad and why we, you know, so we didn't really have like any sort of camaraderie with anybody around us ever, really. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was a drug addict, and my stepdad was an alcoholic, and um, so that left for a very um, separating experience, also. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, ver- I grew up feeling really alone um i would uh line up all my stuffed animals and uh, i would call myself laura famous because all oh. i want oh yes. i'm gonna
1: call you that now I thank, think. You, <laughs> thank you thank you
0: because i just wanted friends mm-hmm. and so fortunately now i get to have a career where um every hour on the hour i have a new friend um that i care about and i get to help and uh which is a pretty amazing life
1: um where, where were you growing up like where, i grew up in Cyprus, uh, okay. California
0: and we grew up in a trailer park and we um and oddly enough my my dad and stepmom moved into that same trailer park so when i was traveling from my mom's house and my dad's house i would have my like my little luggage on my shoulder like Johnny Appleseed going from street 1 to street 5 like extreme hillbilly it was great so near 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 no yeah no so uh that that was really confusing um because you know, I had my mom's household where it was obvious that all this stuff was going on, and then I had my dad's household where he was, you know, physically abusive. But you know, we went to church, and we had this really like religious type of um, upbringing there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it just it made for a very confusing childhood. My my dad uh, my dad was blind, um, which. I, I Looking back, it's like, how do you have a blind person that's also physically abusive?
1: I was just thinking in my head, like, that is a sick, possible, very funny joke. <laughs> it like, is. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't learn until much later that I could just be quiet and hide. Like, I'm not the smartest person in the room. Like, I definitely, well, oh, you, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it took a while. It took a while.
1: I, and this is part, what I love about you, is that you... Are able to take these dark moments in your life and step back and look at them and be like, "Huh, that's weird," and right? maybe it's there's some humor in that, even though it's taken a long time to see it.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think I love to laugh. Like I was just sharing with the girls earlier. Like I love podcasts. I love stand up comedy. Like yes. if my husband's out of town and there's somebody that I want to see, I just take myself to a club. Like. I just love, I love to laugh and I love, um, I love humans. So any way that I can incorporate that into my world is my, like, is my jam.
1: And it shows up. Like, you are, like, if you're in an event, I'm like, we're hanging out with Laura. It's cool. We're going to have a great time. (laughs) But it's true because you, it's, you ooze love in the sense that you want people to feel amazing all the time. And you want to help them physically on that journey. You want to help them mentally on that journey. And you don't need to, like, just you being you helps people do that. Thank you.
0: Well, I love being around you. I think you're so rad. So you wanting me to do this felt like such an honor. So thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for that. It's an that. honor for me. Okay, so back to, you're back in
0: your two homes. Yes, back to the hillbilly extravaganza. Mm-hmm. So to the two homes, um, my stepmom, her uh, father um, was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, I was a victim in that also. And um, that led down a, that Took my loneliness to a whole new level. Like, I really started the self hate. I Mm -hmm. really started to blame myself and um, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, is it happening because I wore, you know, it's the 80s. So I'm wearing bike shorts and tank tops and, you know, am I even, even as young as, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, like I'm having these thoughts like, oh, maybe I'm asking for it because I'm wearing.
1: That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? (sighs) You you were six when it started? Mm
0: -hmm. Approximately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Six until about 11. So, um, it's interesting how looking back now, how kids are a lot smarter, I think, than we realized always back then, you mm-hmm. know, and I think we're honoring that now, uh, fortunately, but you know, all these documentaries coming out about, you know, uh, famous people and what they were doing to kids and, and, and the repercussions of this and how some of them lied initially and now they're coming back. And it's because mm-hmm. you think you have this special relationship with somebody, Yeah. you know, and my mom asked me at a young age now, mind you, like she's, a drug addict and physically abusive and crazy. So she's asking me, like, you know, is something happening to you? Because we watched some kind of lifetime special, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever after you know, five o'clock after school or something. Oh, yeah. And, after school specials. Yes, those, those, mm-hmm. those. Yes. And if anything was ever happening, anything like that ever happening to you, you would tell me. And I already, And I knew, I was like, no, nothing's happening to me. But I already knew at that age I couldn't tell her. And I don't know why. Like, Mm. I remember that's such a vivid moment for me. Um, She wasn't a safe person, I think. And maybe, like, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know why it was wrong. And Mm -hmm. maybe the movie, I don't know, it was just so much, you know. Well,
1: and I think when you're, you you had such a unique situation of having every adult that was Mm -hmm. supposed to take care of you impacting you negatively in a different way.
0: That's that's a valid point, yeah. Right, so definitely.
1: so of course you don't feel like there's someone who's safe because who knows what the impact could be.
0: To- yeah, you you didn't know, and that that's one thing. Like, you know, especially with my dad, you know, something that was okay yesterday wasn't okay today. Mm-hmm. So what could have been a safe moment no longer is, and there was there was a moment where my brother I think was two, and he'd put uh, his his um, uh, swim shorts away, and my dad couldn't find them, and so he got super mad. I started hitting him, and so I threw my brother out of the way and was like, you know, if you need to hit something, you need to hit me, you know, and so he did, and he got out whatever he needed to get out, and then everything was fine after that, and so that's super confusing, like, Mm -hmm. in the moment, like, I knew how to handle it, I could handle it, you know, but, um, you know, what's tomorrow like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always, um, and, you know, thinking about how, I just wanted love, like, whatever I needed to do, just, I, I needed love, I needed Um, acceptance I needed uh, uh, anything you know and so trying to navigate that you know I met my uh, my best friend who's still currently my best friend I was 10 and um, she came to school and the last new girl that had come to our school had gotten swooped up by the popular girls I was not going to let that happen again (laughs) so I go I introduce I don't remember if I introduced myself to her at school mm-hmm. but she also lived in my trailer park. So I marched my happy butt down to the 4th street, knocked mm-hmm. on her door and was like, "Hi, my name's Laura. Want to be my friend?" <laughs> and yeah. we've been we've been friends ever since. I which, love that. Totally. She's talk about a powerful lady. She's incredible. She works she does something in the research and sales department for Hyundai, like she is just a beast. Like she knows how to navigate the workplace and um she She's just incredible. Like mm-hmm. where she's come from and where she is now, like she's she's amazing. Like I, w- if she did this podcast, that would make me very happy.
1: Excellent. So. And you recommended so many women. Thank you. Oh yeah,
0: I've got like there's more. <laughs> <laughs> there are more. I I have a I have a gift for finding fabulous women. So uh, hopefully hopefully we can get them on here.
2: Like attracts like. Well, oh, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you, darling.
0: Um. So I found Cameron, and then like. Anything was possible. We got into all the shenanigans. You know, we're hanging out with older boys. We're doing things we shouldn't be doing. We, um, I mean, for that age. And then, um, you know, finally I had somebody to tell about my sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. So um, I we were in music class. I told her, you know, I have something I have to tell you. And she's like, what? Did you, get a, did you fail a test? I'm like, I was so bad at school that I, I'm like, that's not even a, what? No. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll tell you at recess. And then I told her and. You know, I've asked her now as an adult, you know, how did that feel? And she's like, well, I felt important. I felt like I could do something for you and like I could help. And so, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome because Mm -hmm. I could, for some people, that would be really scary. And so, but for her, you know, she's like, all right, we're going to do this. She went and got my teacher who uh, came in, gave me a big old hug, got the, um, the principal involved, Child Protective Services gets involved. And then they call a company called Cast, which comes into play later. But they're the ones that interview the child so the child doesn't have to go to court. And this is the company that does it for Orange County. And um, so, like, I got this stuffed animal that I still have to this day. It was really, um, really uh, just amazing people that handle you with care Mm -hmm. and know how to deal with a child in a traumatic experience. And um, it was the first time my voice mattered. Now, looking back as an adult, like, what are these pivotal moments of why, you know, why I don't shut up, number one, to a fault. That's fine. Um, and why it's so powerful for us to have a voice Mm -hmm. and to say when something is or is not okay and how powerful that is. And to say something, when you say something, mean it. Yeah. You mean what you say, say what you mean. Like I try to like really live by that. And, um, I, I think this was the beginning because my voice hadn't mattered up to this point, you know? And so finally I have this moment where I tell Cameron and then this happens and, uh, did it all
1: happen in an afternoon?
0: Yes. So they had me contact they they said, who can we contact that is a family member but not a parent? And it was my sister who was a preschool teacher around the corner. And I had just been to her preschool within that week. So I knew she was close. And they do that just so that you don't get put back into an abusive environment. They want to like analyze the situation before yeah. you know they send you home. I don't know that. I just know that my sister is gonna come to me, you know, and she doesn't have a car at the time, she runs down there. You know, I'm like you're the only one I trust, and she's like, you know, I got you, you know, Mm -hmm. which um, was huge. You know, I have three sisters, and you know, she's eight years older than I am, and so she, you know, she was there, and that was, you know, amazing. But then after that, you know, my mom was so excited to have drama in her life. Oh, it was super weird. Like it
1: disease? Right?
0: The uh, oh, yeah, Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah, thank you. I don't know if it falls in that category or not. Mm -hmm. To be honest, she it didn't like the abuse. Like, wasn't, like, the big deal. It was that we got to go to the police department. They used me as an informant. They called, you know, called him. Why do you do this to me? He's like, I don't know. Don't tell anybody. You know, so they got to use that in court so that I didn't have to be Mm -hmm. a part of it, which is awesome. You know, not a lot of people get that opportunity. I got that opportunity. Yeah. You know, but, like, I'm having nightmares at night, and she won't let me sleep in bed with her. You know, She's there was one night where she let me sleep at the end of her bed, like an animal. And I remember feeling honored to be able to have that. And then looking back... Like God, that's fucked up. Like, I'm glad they didn't fuck me up at the moment. Mm -hmm. But like, guy, like my natural reaction when somebody has like a look on their face, I'm like, come here, let me give you some love, you know. But she wasn't capable of that, you Mm -hmm. know. So now, um, you know, I I get a little bit of therapy under my belt. Um, An amazing therapist whose name I wish I could remember because I would love to find her and be like, it turned out, you know, because you never know when you deal with child with children, like what's going to happen, right? And I went for like a year and a half.
1: Well, and I have some friends who are big in casa. The court-appointed um, Casa Youth Center in Los It's it's the I'm gonna mess up the acronym, so I'll put it in the show notes. But it's the peop- It's a court court-appointed person that represents the child in court who go through foster care. Oh, yeah. And my friend, his wife's been doing it for a long time. She's amazing. Now he's doing it because there's such a need for men to be part mm-hmm. of this group. Mm-hmm. And he's in the. Tr- he heard that there's a statistic of seventy percent of people who are in jail today either came from, were in foster care and from abusive families. I believe it. And it's court appointed special advocates. Thank you. Mm. Um, and these people do amazing work similar mm-hmm. to the the cast, cast yeah. group. They, I'm sure they're aligned and part oh, of the yeah. same court thing. Appointed.
0: I always wonder what it stood for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. Man. I can't. Yeah. I can't even. I believe it. I believe it. You know, it's, it's amazing that I cared too much about what people thought of me, thank goodness. To where I never got caught, mm-hmm. you know, doing the things I was doing. And um which is very fortunate. Very yeah. fortunate because my life would be very different, you know. Um fortunately, you know, I did have that therapist, not for very long, because at some point like it I, I wanted to hang out with my friends, I wanted to hang out with yeah. Cameron, I wanted, you know, and then I got a boyfriend and it was all of these things, you know, and you know, this was sixth grade when I finally said something and then You know, by seventh grade, I have this boy that I'm super obsessed with. So Mm -hmm. now I look back, oh, here's trauma at its finest, that I'm like, you need to fix me, you know, and I couldn't eat anymore. And I was a pretty chubby little kid. And then, like, I got this boyfriend. I literally could not consume food anymore. I would think about him in dry heave. And this was, wow. I used to hide like cookies and candy in my stuffed animals and eat out of their necks <laughs> as a child, like, <laughs> like at nighttime, cry a little bit, chew a little bit, like self-therapy and totally self-soothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and so to not be able to eat out of my stuffed animals necks is another trauma. No, I'm kidding. But, um, so I ended up having that boyfriend and then he broke up with me and, and I had lost like. 40 pounds or something like a large amount of weight for a 12 year old that's a lot mm-hmm. and then I started gaining weight rapidly through my eighth grade year meanwhile I looked like a boy which was probably good but it was awful at the time like yeah. you know people calling me a boy and my stepmom being like you know it's a girl actually so stepmom wasn't around anymore at that point because after I said something that whole side of the family totally stopped talking to me at that point including your dad my dad for like a year He moved in with my, he moved in with my grandma. They got, they split. Dad and stepmom split. And I remember him saying like, you know, I can't believe that he did that. But he said it in a way that made me feel like he didn't believe me. And whether that's true or not, the story I tell myself, I don't know. But that's definitely like how it felt in the moment. Mm -hmm. And maybe he didn't want it to be true, Mm -hmm. you know. And he'd had his own traumas growing up. So like when you've never dealt with yours, and then it's in front of you and you don't know how to navigate life. I mean, yep. you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, stuff that I held on to for a long time until it's like, that's his story. Yeah, I don't need to hold on to that, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it just trying to navigate like where I belong and, and you know, wanting attention from boys so much. Like every mm-hmm. week I'm like finding a new boy to make out with. Like, I, you know, will you have me? Will you have me? Do I have value? Will you have me? And then at 14, uh, my mom and I got into um, our last physical fight. Like, at this point, I'm taller than her. I'm like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, and my mom is about 5 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And she she couldn't control me anymore. She was going to keep me from getting a job. And she said, if you get a job, it looks like we're not doing what we should as a parent. Well, I didn't realize the magnitude of that statement. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, no, like, you guys can't provide. Like, I I can do this. You know, I'm, I'm not – you know, the things that I want to do, we can't afford. Right. So I might as well get a job and be able to do some of them.
1: Which no other 14-year-old is saying at that time. <laughs> totally, so. Mm-hmm. totally.
0: So I get a job. I don't know if you're familiar with La but I get a job at Volcano Burger. It's the bomb. If you get the chili fries, have them put the cheese on first. Mm, so good. Anyway.
1: Because <laughs> then the cheese melts a little uh, bit. Uh, it
0: does. So gooey. It's the perfect. Uh, anyway, I love food so much. I don't have to eat them out of next anymore, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Um... But I get a job there, and it was so. I ha- oh, I had to move out. Mm-hmm. Like we got into our last fight, and my grandma had to, my grandma, my father's mother. Um, she fought for custody so that my dad would have some when my mom and dad split. You know, she's a gruff old woman, mm-hmm. but she is. You know, when she fights for something, she's a bulldog. And yeah. she did. She fought so that there was custody there, and um, she fought for you. She fought for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, she's why I have the life I have today. You know, my other sisters had to figure out a different navigation plan, and because that's not their biological grandmother, so my mom would not let them go with her. So, on times where you know there would be the Columbus Day, yeah, and you know we're off school, my grandma's like, "I'll take them. I'll mm-hmm. take me, my little sister." My mom's like, "No, nope, like it's not a real holiday." Or if it was a real holiday, she wouldn't let my mom wouldn't let my grandma take other family siblings. members. Nope, just at us fight. You know, no, you can't. They're not yours. So they would just sit at home. Like, we just sit at home doing nothing. You know, I mean, I would torture my little sister in ways that, like, she is going to seriously have to work through in therapy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, poor thing. But, um, you know, she's, and my little sister's a warrior, too. Like, I mean, we did, um, all my sisters, like, we did what we had to do. How many are
1: you in? What's the order? Yeah.
0: I have, I have three sisters. I have two older sisters and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. And um, And then I have a brother from my dad and my stepmom. Okay, So there's five total, and I'm in the middle, mm-hmm. the third one. And uh, my sisters are not related to my brother, and then they have siblings I'm not related to, and it's a whole hillbilly Every yeah, sister
1: is from ones. a different father. The first two have the same father. Okay. My mom
0: was 17 when she had my first sister, and mm-hmm. then she was 21 when she had my second sister. And then 30 when she had me, and then 35 when she had, I should have been 34, she turned 35 that year, when she had my sister, mm-hmm. my younger sister. So, um. Yeah, there's just a lot. And, you know, my mom really tried to navigate her life through which man she could hold on to. Mm -hmm. But she would always say, I don't need a man. You know, screw men. I don't need a man. So, like, I really tried to embody that even though she didn't. Yeah. And it didn't dawn on me until I was an adult of, like, oh, she was never able to support herself. She always had to rely on a man. She tried to have kids to, like, keep them. That was her way to understand, like, love and, like, Mm -hmm. just how like just the mixed messages but it really it really instilled in me like I have to be able to stand on my own two feet Mm -hmm. you know to a fault like I had something I had to work through in my marriage you know it was good when I was younger but it's not something that has something I had to learn to work through that wasn't serving me the last five years because
1: it doesn't leave room for other people to contribute
0: exactly things that my husband wants to be a part of or you know not you know not that he wants me to need him per se but like You know, he said to me one day, like, I feel like you have one foot out the door and the other foot on a banana peel. And I was like, you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, it was such a surprise. Like, I'm like, man, I'm not as smooth as as I thought I was. My goodness. Yeah. You know, so.
1: When people love you, they want to be doing things as a team.
0: A hundred percent. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand that before. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm grateful that I can now, but I, I, you know, I couldn't understand that before. And you have such a great husband. Isn't he wonderful? Oh my gosh, he's so hot. (laughs)
1: i if nothing else i want people to get out of this episode that whatever life you whether you think you deserve it or you don't deserve it or it's too crazy and it's not possible like no like you everyone is has a path that leads them to an awesome incredible life and i am so happy that you chose made the choices you did that got you here Totally, because you were such an example for other people, and we yeah, haven't even made you. it through like we're up to like age fourteen right now. Oh, fourteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll,
0: try, I'll get to twenty. I'll get to twenty. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and I, I don't, and I, I
0: look back like I look back at I call her little baby Laura because I do believe in like healing the inner child, you know. And I look back at her, and I'm just like, she was a badass. Like, oh yeah, what she could tolerate. I'm such a wimp now. Like, what she could tolerate and what she could do on a daily basis. Now, I'm like, no, I need my sleep number bed. And I need my my heating pad and my soft socks. And, like, there's all these things that I require to feel comfortable. And, like, what I had to deal with when I was younger, it just blows my mind. She Mm -hmm. was such a trooper. You know, so, you know, we get in our fight. I call my grandma. Come get me. And she always said, if you need to move in with me, you can. But you can't go back and forth. It's got to be, like, a solid choice. And, you know, I felt, you know, like I was obligated to be with my mom. I mm-hmm. think that's probably biological. Yeah. And then we had that last thing, and I had this moment of, "What am I doing? Mm-hmm. I could, I can go to the church I want to go to. I can be a part of the youth group I want to be a part of. I can work. Like I know she'll support me working. God, she worked three jobs until she was sixty eight. Like, let's do it. So I shoved everything that I possibly could into a duffel bag,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, which means I don't have a lot from my childhood, but that's fine. Um, and moved. My my mom was calling my sisters, trying to get them to convince me to stay. And they're like, why? Good for her. She has somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. So we um I end up not being able to interview for that job that day, but I think I interviewed the next day. And it was like a working interview and they hired me. I worked there for two years until I was 16 and able to work somewhere else because not a lot of places will hire a 14-year-old. Yeah. and I worked at Chili's a world of jeans and tops. Yes. And um I worked there for two years and then I worked at the macaroni grill. And meanwhile, uh at 14, at 12, I found alcohol, which was awesome. Total solution for me. Um, you know, a bunch of us lived in the trailer park and like
1: most of party. our parents are
0: drunks. Absolutely. So they're like, I don't know how much I drank last night. So, you know, it was easy to attain. And um, you know, a, a good buddy of mine, uh, you know, his mom used to drink with my stepdad at the bar and so, you know, I could sneak out the window and do what I got to do. And um, and then when I moved in with my grandma, you know, again, she worked two, three jobs. My dad at this point, he had moved in with my grandma. His, like, I became the tyrant in the home, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at this point. Like, he, his body, he'd become very physically weak. After the divorce, he stopped taking care of himself. He stopped working out. So now, like, I'm the one, like, I'm calling the shots. You don't have, you know, you, nothing you say matters. And I was just hell on wheels <laughs> like i feel bad for like the mouth that i had and mm-hmm. like there was one day my dad tried to tell me no to something and i'm like why he said well i say yes to everything I'm like that's the stupidest reason i never ask you to do something that's unreasonable and i picked up my stuff and left because i yeah. could you well know? he was
1: like a roommate he
0: was a total roommate like he tried to tell me that he was going to kick me out of the house and you know he pays more because i was there and i'm like no you don't i know how much you spend it's the same whether i'm here or not things your kids shouldn't know i shouldn't have had that much leverage but i did So, um, me and Laura is now like terrorizing the cities, (laughs) like taking everybody down that I can, but I'm still like that girl that wants that girlfriend, you know, I've got, you know, Cameron had moved. And so, you know, her and I weren't as close at the time and I'd made friends with a girl in school and, um, it was me and like one other girl against the world. That's always kind of how I ran my life. That was Mm -hmm. like my safe place. And, um, and I think too, having so many sisters probably had a lot to do with that. You know, I liked having boyfriends, but like having that girlfriend was really important to me. And then the boy that I was obsessed with in junior high, we dated on and off in high school. And that was a, a super unhealthy relationship because I just kept putting all of my trauma on him. And he had his own trauma, mm-hmm. you know. And so I keep – everybody would say like, you know, what a jackass he was. or, And, you know, not that he was all that nice, but like I don't know that I was even tolerable right. at that point. So I ended up um, at 17, same thing what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, why do I keep wanting this boy to like me? Like he's not, he's not good. He's not good for me. So that was another hard change for me at that point. And now I'm working at Macaroni Grill and The Gap and I've got all of these adults around me. that can get me booze and drugs and everything I could have imagined. So Mm everything has escalated at this point. I'm having a great time. These are all solutions for me. And um, I'm really enjoying working with people and I love customer service and, um, you know, I did really poorly in school and now I know it's because it's hard to focus in school when you have a bunch of trauma. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I'm stupid. So, like, I barely graduate high school. Oh, my gosh, I ditched all the time. And um, I ended up uh, at massage school after I graduated high school. And it was <laughs> it was because um, I would always, like, touch people and people would say oh you're really good at that and then somehow it got to I'm going to give you ecstasy to come to my party and we'll all massage each other and I need you to be there because you're the best at it (laughs) sweet so like little entrepreneur situation there like little exchange that we can do Uh and um and then I lived with my sister and brother-in-law at the time of my senior year for a little while because it got really bad at home and my brother-in-law was a crane operator and he had like shoulder issues and so he'd have me work on him too so between like the amazing, like, ecstasy massage and the... Uh, I'm imagining
1: uh, everyone sitting in a circle,
0: like... 100%. Yeah. Watching a TV with lights on it, mm-hmm. licking my lips. Like, that was me, hardcore drug addict right there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just, I, <laughs> <laughs> Just dumb 17-year-olds, like, I mean, mm-hmm. is what we're doing. So um, I... So that... Really was why I ended up going to massage school. My grandma wanted me to go to this this Christian school, and I had already decided to um, go against that faith. And I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to find myself. And so anything that I was connected to, I'm doing the opposite. Yep. And uh, so instead of going to this Christian college in Fullerton, I decided to um, become a massage therapist. I'd never even had a professional massage. Like it's bananas that I you decided, had no idea what you're getting into. No idea. But I was I was good at it. You know, I went in and like there's people that were had been in for X amount of months and they would let me work on them, which was a privilege because they don't usually let the newbies touch the people that have been there because they don't know what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that really opened up so many avenues for me as far as like education and learning about the body. It was the first thing that made sense to me, yep. you know, because, you know, a muscle where it's located, how, what it's called is usually indica- uh, indicative of where it's located or what it does. Or there's whatever. logic
2: behind it. There's logic
0: behind it. So mm-hmm. I'm, it just, It was the first time I didn't feel stupid. Yeah. And so I couldn't get enough of it. That was amazing. Um, I worked as a massage therapist um, for a lady that ended up being a raging alcoholic. And so it was a really unhealthy work environment. I stayed a um, uh, uh, waitress during this time as well and uh, realized that I could go into personal training with this because I'd always had this fear like I never wanted to like look like my family like my so many of my family members and Mm -hmm. my grandma's brothers were like five six hundred pounds like they were just enormous people and I'm just like I don't want to die in my 50s like this like Mm -hmm. that's and just and I think that was just like a driving force to wanting to get into fitness and then realizing with massage it's only temporary like you can't fix somebody with just manipulation like you have to strengthen the tissues to be able to um, grow to yeah. be able to be you know more efficient in your life and to heal mm-hmm. so I end up getting into personal training um, that way and uh, oh side note had a meth problem I was like oh this isn't working for me everybody that I work with is is using I need to uh, not be here anymore and where so, is the here a uh, macaroni girl
1: so at Macaroni and Grill, that's where everyone was doing drugs of some Everything. kind.
0: Oh, we mm-hmm. were, oh totally. Like there was an emergency exit that didn't work. And so I would open that. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but they give those um, bottles of Chianti that you can like pour for yourself and like you just tell your waiter how much you've had. Oh. So I'd open the door and just chuck these like, they were like gallon, like those Carlos Rossi bottles, uh-huh. gallon of wine pff, in the bushes, two, three of them and steal them and we'd all go party at the end of the night. So there's that, you know, there's those of us that are doing these drugs and those drugs and... You know, so like I woke up one day and it was another pivotal moment. You know, I'm 19, 20, and I I just I can't. I've turned into my mother. Mm-hmm. I'm like watching myself in the mirror, and I had various times in my life where I would like watch myself cry. Yeah. And Brie and I had this moment where, uh, she did the same thing, and I'd never met anybody that would do this too. But we'd wear black makeup, and then um. Like listen to some sad, angry girl music and then just watch the tears like go down my face. So I like would do that as a teenager. Music video. Oh hundred percent. Like <sighs> yeah, exactly. And um
1: Madonna does that, right? I mean I, does she? I, well, thinking about that visual, the Madonna song popped to my head where she's wearing all the birds and like wearing the black. Oh, yes. Um, yes, her? The Life is a Mystery song.
0: Mm-hmm. I can fi- I can picture that, and I'm also picturing one where like this girl's in a metal room, and it's kind of got like it's got bad lighting and almost like a green blue. Yes, and she's also crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- probably. Yeah. yeah, MTV was important at some point. Oh in yeah, life, me so. too. Yeah,
1: I, I know. I honestly, it's when I think about the impact MTV and music videos had on me, mm-hmm. I wonder today like where do kids get that same impact from? YouTube. I guess so, but it's YouTube. It just seems so fluffy to me. And I, honestly, I hope that there's. I get an impression that there's a renaissance coming of that '90s feeling. Oh, based have on you been to a Tilly's? It looks I, like it did when I worked there. Well, it the, was crazy apparel wise. I'm like, yes, what? <laughs> but like that feeling of like we're all going to be different, and it's not cool to be happy all the time. Like
0: oh, like another grunge reform. Yes, I hope so. I
1: hope so too. Because oh to me, it's like it's a creative thing. I want people to be happy all the time. Sure, but I always want to wear torn jeans and a plaid shirt, though. I can't help myself. I'm like wearing torn jeans, are wearing you? black. Yeah, I've
0: got my I got my Vans on because my feet are too fat for Converse.
1: Uh, <laughs> there's a wide. They are. They're very narrow. This is a true thing. If I could chop off my baby toe, I would
0: totally rock the Converse. I've tried. Yeah. I end up with blisters. It's heartbreaking.
1: It is heartbreaking. So you realize at 19 that you have a meth problem?
0: Yes. Yes. It was. It was crazy. Like my mom was a meth addict. I was never going to be a meth addict. And then I hung out with this fabulous dude that just made it look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I tried it, and I was like, this is the answer to all of my problems. And, you know, because I'd always had that, like, anxiety, depression yeah. swing. So, like, it, I mean, it was euphoric, obviously. Why else do you do drugs? It was euphoric. And I'm like, "Oh, daily user from day one. Boom. Mm-hmm. And it took me down really hard. And then I guess I was 20. I had just turned 20. And um, I was really struggling with just functioning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd had, like, a bad relationship where I was the tyrant and, you You know, I had to end it because I'm like, I'm not a nice person in relationships. I don't belong in them. Yep. And um, and then, uh, and because he was trying to make me somebody that I wasn't. And it was just, and which is how, like, my grandma, God bless my grandma. But gosh, she kept trying to make me a lady and it was just never going to (laughs) happen. So until I was a powerful lady like I
2: am right now.
1: Yes, like you always have been. Yes, yes. Thank you. But I think I think there's a lot in that, right, of relationships have... Shit going on in them, regardless of your background, and mm-hmm. regardless of what you're doing to your own body. Mm-hmm. And to think that relationships—you know—just by being with another person at that on that level, stuff's going to come up. And then you layer on whatever baggage everyone's bringing to the table, mm-hmm. and trauma, and whatever bad habits you're currently operating on, like totally.
0: I and the kinds of people you attract when you're living in that space. Yes, like oh my gosh, like yeah. I, I heard the term like. um it's like friends of lower places or something like that, something along those lines. And that's, that's what it was. Like I was only attracting such unwell people. And, um, I, I had this moment of clarity where I'm like on the floor in the bathroom. It took me all day to get down, you know, a slim fast bar. Do you remember those? Yeah. Even the rapper will make me like dry heave if I walk by one, like, ooh. but that's all I could eat towards the end of my drug use. And like, I just, and I'm watching again, <laughs> watching the tears. I'm like, how did I turn into her? How did I do this? You know? And, so I decided to get into the fitness entry, because that's obviously what you do at the end of a meth problem. <laughs> and um, did you
1: just? I mean, how did you end your meth problem? Like,
0: I just honestly, I'm so lucky. I just woke up one day, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And you cold turkey, cold turkey.
1: That is crazy. Isn't to it me? Crazy,
0: crazy. Like October 27, 2003, and I was already a trainer by October thir- November 13th that same year.
1: Like In one month
0: in less than a month it was like two weeks
1: did you do any other anything else dramatic like change where you were living
0: so I told my friends I can't be friends with you anymore and then he ended up getting fired from that job and within two weeks he had gotten pulled over car searched and i we him and I were always together he was like living with me mm-hmm. and we always were carrying and within two weeks he got pulled over he had expired tags because you don't take care of your stuff and um he was arrested so had I not done what I had done yeah I would have been with him like we worked all of our shifts at the same time and we did, we all, And I, I was like, wow, like somebody's looking out for me.
1: Do you, you really feel like there was some intervention on your behalf from the uh, universe? Uh,
0: oh, for sure. Yeah. For left to my own devices. Oh, I'm a mess. <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. So um, that's how I got in the fitness industry. Unfortunately, fortunately, like a lot of my clients were recovering addicts and I think, I mean, like attracts, attracts like, mm-hmm. and I think the universe really wanted me to like, not be a statistic i don't know yeah so i had a lot of people that shared my story that i got to you know and i had been reading about like fitness and movement and muscles Mm -hmm. and i didn't just you know um but my manager at the time uh he told me what to do what to study i mean he was like he on me and he handed me a career on a platter Mm -hmm. like he was revolutionary In the how like now it's how like good personal trainers train right uh, is this way, or like at least the beginning like that the body as a whole you're not just like doing bicep curls but Mm -hmm. um, it was revolutionary back then I mean treating the body as a whole in physical therapy just started in the mid nineties yeah so this is two thousand three and that's physical therapy that's like a therapeutic Mm -hmm. so you know thank God I listened because it enabled me to take the massage and take the training and like mold it into one. You know, and because being able to touch my clients and know what to do in that environment uh, made me, uh, I think, superior early on. I didn't know that, but yeah. like why people stayed with me, why um, why I was able to be successful, you know, in that career uh, with with that company. So that happened. It really helped boost me. Yeah. And starting to work out and the benefits that you get from that to help with anxiety and um, and depression and uh, uh, just self-worth. Like I started to have muscles, you know, cause you don't when you use drugs. So I'm like, Oh, what's up self. And so now like, I'm like, I want that boyfriend. I want that boyfriend. I want that boyfriend. Like, I'm just like tearing, like tearing through 24 <laughs> fitness. Like I pick you. Uh, and it was really, um, it helped me feel beautiful. Yeah. You know, having muscles and feeling strong helped me feel beautiful and helped me like, um, uh, really kind of come into my sexuality, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like we had a lot of, um, we had like Missy Elliott and little Kim and, you know, Gwen Stefani and, uh, these women women, pink, like even Britney Spears. I mean, like to, to make like, I'm not that innocent. Like that was really popular, you know, these things where you're trying to break through like the chains of what your family wants you to be, what your parents want you to be, uh, or my grandma, and, and that it's okay to be like a sexual person and to have, um, these feelings, you know, I heard early on, like, boys are just going to want to do these things to you. And I'm like, nobody told me that I would want them to. Right. I'm like, so I feel like a freak, like nobody else is like me. And finally I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to live my truth. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so empowering. And to be in this male dominated industry, yeah, walking through, like, I own this place, this is mine. Like, I feel the most confident in a gym in general. And, um, you know, I had a guy, I was training a girl one time and, uh, this guy was like, I remember the good old days when the women weren't in the gyms. And I said, you're the same kind of guy that's going to bitch when we don't look the way you think we should look. Right. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, where do you think we go to look this way? Yes. And he, I, I I'm sure I was way more mouthy. I was in his face like, you know, pointing, you know, you can take the girl out of the trailer, (laughs) but some things are just, and, uh, I mean, he just, he just shocked. And he's like, Oh, I guess you're right. And like, Turned around and walked away. I was like, Yeah, how would you, like, you even say that? Ah, it's, it's in the weight room, you know, you don't belong.
1: And I'm sure it's a lot, it's not so much like that as much. I'm assuming, I assume most guys like going to the gym just to watch girls in yoga pants now. So, you one would think, but in mm-hmm.
0: the weight area, like I, I joined a gym again, um, recently because I want to pluck some trainers out and bring them to my gym. And where else to go find them but another gym? And it's been a long time since I've been in that environment. There's you still have that male ego. But I didn't really feel the annoyance of me being there. Yeah. You know? And so, which, early in my career, like, you felt it. Like, the guy be like, Ugh, Like, why are you here?
1: I remember being a college athlete, we always had to be training. And
0: uh-huh.
1: there would always be, like, huge lines for the treadmills and all the cardio equipment. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of women would be in the weight room. All the other women were other athletes. Oh, yeah. That, you know. And... I was really lucky to have a lot of amazing athlete male and female friends in okay. college. So we all kind of stuck together because we had similar lifestyles and schedules. And it just, it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember being like in the weight area and guys either being like, do you know how to use that? And Ugh. I'm like, is this a pickup line? Are You're really trying to help me right now? I can't tell. Uh, yeah. And then like, if you're trying to do your set and then you're interrupting their set, they'd be like, hmm. 100%. And I'm like, I mean, it, it in the moment, you don't know, want like, Give a shit about it Mm because that's just I don't in general. But I remember thinking those thoughts of maybe it would be better if we did have our own (laughs) gym. Sure,
0: (laughs) yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've tried. Um, Some of them have been successful. Some of them haven't. You know, I mean, I think I think it's getting better. But a lot of women have the misconception that if you pick up a dumbbell, you're going to get big. I'm like, it took when when I went started trying to get big. You know, I had to eat like 3,500 calories a day. I lifted. I, oh my gosh! I think I worked out like eleven hours a week. Like I mean, I did everything I possibly could to put size on. Like it's as a woman, it is hard. Like yeah. A twelve pound dumbbell is not going to make you yoked. Like it's just not going to happen.
1: No, and there and there's so much. If you if you there's amazing documentaries about all the weightlifters mm-hmm. on Netflix. But to your point of like calories and food and the type of calories and what mm-hmm. they're doing. No, it's it's for women. Unfortunately, it's hard to lose weight and it's hard to put it on when you want to. Totally. It's it's very odd. You know, just I mean,
0: and consistency is the biggest, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously the biggest challenge because, you know, fortunately we get to have such big lives now, you know, and, you know, we aren't stuck at home if we don't want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't say stuck at home. Some people really like that, you know, but we have we have so much more opportunity and just choice and choice exactly, mm-hmm. and that's when I worked with my women. I definitely, I mean, I was very man-hatery about it back then, because I'd be like, "Look at that guy. He's such an idiot. Look at how he's doing it. Look at how dangerous that is." Mm-hmm. And so that's you know, I would how I would quote unquote empower them yeah. or teach them like, see how much more you know because we've been working together. Mm-hmm. And so when this situation comes up, you can say, "Actually, this is why I'm doing this," and mm-hmm. have some science behind why you're doing it because you throw you start throwing out a science word, and they're like, and they like kind of like like run away. Yes. You know, cuz they don't know <laughs> what they're you know, not they, not everybody, but like typically the guy that's going to try to school you or flirt with you doesn't they're they just have they have an agenda. And like yes. you know, understanding the origins and insertion of a pec muscle is definitely not part of that agenda. So no. they're just no. Know. But um so that was really the foundation of me trying to, you know, empower my women is like, "Hey, like we belong here and you can look however you want to look." You know, and back then that was really important to me. with That external, like you can do whatever you want. You don't have to be an athlete to not be in to to look the way that you want to look, and you don't have to be in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, when I exercised, I'm my joints are very flexible, so everything always hurt. Yeah, and to find a way that didn't hurt, and then I could teach other people how not to be in pain and feel good. I mean, I wanted to shout from the rooftops. Like yeah. there's there's an answer. I don't have to be. And I don't have to be an athlete. i can I can just live in this space in this gym and feel the way that I want to feel look the way that I want to look. Um, and I made a good career out of it. Um, then the and I ended up being in management was really bad at that. I don't know how to coach people to do the job they're hired for, maybe in my next life. I feel like you are where you're at now though. Uh, they, they they're independent contractors, so they like pay to be there, so it's a different dynamic.
1: but I guess um I I how you occur to me. Is as a leader there, like, oh, thank you. like people look up to you to see what you're doing. So oh. you might be a better manager by example than some people put dictator and manager in the same bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Because you think you're managing people or a company, and all you care about is like the spreadsheet and this and now and the rules, and yeah. that's not really what it is. Sure. So I, you know, I think when I think of a manager, I think of you for sure because of how oh, thank you. you're conducting your space and your leadership and. Giving people space to do it their way, too, is a big thing about being a leader. And I I, I have to think about it that way,
0: yeah. Because when I think of myself being a manager, I do think – I immediately put myself, I think, in that dictator spot. And it's so uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's not how I want to do it. But, yeah, leading by example is important to me.
1: Well, I think, too, when you look at your past experiences, right, of like – if of power –
0: Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: how it's occurred to you and Mm -hmm. how you've used it on people and like not wanting to do that again. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Well, there's, I mean, there's so many, so many people look at responsibility and having to be in charge and having to fix things as having to make other people small in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the opposite, right? Like the best way to fix things is to like help other people rise in that moment. and. A lot of people struggle, male and female, about what it means to be a manager or a leader that doesn't involve being an aggressive jerk. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> and it's and when I have coached people on this stuff, it always is amazing to me that people who are most worried about that are the people who will never be that. Like if you if you're That's on a spectrum of, of like power hungry people, mm-hmm. like the people who are asking are like a level two. They're like I don't, I just don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> I'm like. Okay. <laughs> if you show up as a jerk, we'll let you know. But until then, go crazy. Right, right. And then it's always the other people that never even, that never crosses their mind. That's so funny. But yeah, because it's, you think that, you know, it's hard to be a benevolent dictator, but that's not the game that you're playing.
0: Yeah. No. I, did you ever see the movie Requiem for a Dream?
1: Oh, yeah. When
0: he's picturing himself losing his mind, but really he's staying calm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how I picture myself. i was just like and because I don't know what's happening on the outside I just know how it feels on the inside yeah and I'm like that like that is that's that's how it feels sometimes when I see things that I'm like if I was a manager this is how it would be happening because I would just be you know a nightmare yes so that's interesting
1: so one of the things that I would love to go back to is I'm still caught up on the fact that you went from being a daily meth user Mm -hmm. to one day being like this is bullshit I'm over it and then in a month, you're a personal trainer. Like, to me, there's so many steps that you're skipping or not giving yourself credit for, for how you make that transition. Like, I think you're brave at 20. Well, and I think we're
0: stupid. Both of it. Like, I had no doubt in myself, which is crazy town. Yeah. like Because anything was better than what I was doing.
1: Well, and like to go from... Not paying, not doing basic tasks, right? Because you don't care Maybe. about them, to then being like, I'm going to study and listen to this guy. Like, what has to happen in your brain where, like, yes, I will listen. Yes, I will follow the rules. Really yes, hot. I'll do the work.
0: <laughs> For reals. Yeah. Like STD hot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you are like, okay, I'm going to be focused. 100%.
0: All
1: right. That, 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 yes. I, I can understand the bridge then.
0: Oh, so but- hook, line, and sinker. Like, anything you say, I will do. Like, yeah, we there was there was a relationship there within yeah. days. A hundred percent. So that's why. Like I was not like, Oh, you're amazing and I'm just gonna sit over No. Like drove to his house, like following him, like I have intentions right now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know that my employee paperwork was done. Like uh-huh. lawsuit ready to happen. Oh, hundred percent. So that's why. Okay. You know, because I'm still using you know, sex as a means of power and control. And mm-hmm. this was something I had to work on in therapy. Like, as a woman, how do you have power without the sexual side of things, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was still definitely using that mm-hmm. 100%. So, yeah, I was immediately, like, I walk in and he's the one interviewing me. I'm all, immediately. Like, yeah. drooling the whole schmagegy. So um, that, that is why. And... um but I was such a wreck because I, I pictured him, like I put him on a pedestal and I, he was just, he was everything to me immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, he would walk near me if I was training somebody and I would shake all over and my client would be like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. He's over <laughs> there. And she's like, I'm happy with what's happening right now. That's really all that matters because I am the customer. Yeah. I had so many women like that in my life early in my career that I, I'm so lucky. That they're like consoling me and Mm -hmm. paying me. Like it was crazy. Because of that, it forced me to read and study and learn. And so that I could be better. I wanted to be the best. I wouldn't work out until like 10 o'clock at night because I was afraid the other trainers were going to judge me. And so I got to know all the graveyard guys, and they were all super nice. Mm -hmm. And so um I think that was important for me because I was always such like I also had this like lingering man-hater, mm-hmm. you know, that I was just, I was just ready to pounce on anybody that said anything negative to me in the weight room. Like I like relished in it and I just waited. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would have this woman next to me and she would think I was powerful and be like <sighs> but between 10 and midnight, we're just these awesome men. Mm-hmm. And I emphasize that because I I follow a woman on Instagram um who brought this up recently and I, th- I think it's important to you know recognize our allies
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know that we don't need to be you know we don't need to hate everybody or anyone know, or anyone like that distaste for somebody that has a place and keep it there mm-hmm. and not take it everywhere mm-hmm. because I took like you know all of the hate that I had for my dad my stepdad my abuser and just put it on everybody mm-hmm. you know you were either with me or you're against me and that's how it was going to be. Yeah. You know, and. You
1: had to for survival.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just didn't deserve what I had, you know, spowned out. You mm-hmm. know, I'd love to go to the bars and hang out and hang out with the guys and like pick one guy just to like annihilate and have all of his friends laugh at him. That was like my favorite pastime. Like I just was, you know, just to man hate. Like mm-hmm. I just, I loved that. Dominate. A hundred percent. And then I pee on him and walk out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> Huntington Beach was like, you, out of here. Like, all right. All right. <laughs> so um in my head i'm like do you just like stand over them with a skirt or is there like a pants down squatting scenario but yeah so if you're in heels Mm. (laughs) (laughs) your pelvis tilts quite forward so if you squat down it shoots forward
0: but i'm more of a leg up on a tree kind of girl
1: yeah or a stool whatever you got whatever you got Mm -hmm. a wall
0: more a wall more stable i'm kind of wobbly remember the wobbly joints yes i need something more stable not the stool so um more urine talk later
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a whole jingle added in for that segment.
0: <laughs> Hilarious! So a jingle like, oh, I can't. I'm gonna go off on a total like tangent. Like you're in for it. Get we'll, it. We'll bring, you we'll bring you back.
1: We'll bring you back. You're fitness. in for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, uh, yes. So um, my career is moving forward. I do very well. Very very well. And um, it was amazing. It was mm-hmm. the first time in my life that uh, like I felt smart. You know, and the other pivotal moment, I remember the first time I got drunk and it was the first time I felt beautiful and the first time I felt powerful. I was, uh, that's when I was 12. And um, these moments of of big change and fear all being like washed away. And Mm -hmm. so then my ego got really big. But meanwhile, like I'm, you know, I'm drinking through all this. A lot of us are big partiers. So, you know, there's still like those ups and downs with my emotions and my feelings and the insecurities and like how I had to control it. Mm-hmm. with drinking. And, um, so I ended up moving into a management position in Huntington and everything got real bad real quick. And so it was like St. Patrick's day that year. And I got wasted. I was going out for a beer I get wasted. The next day I have 13 clients. I last through the second one and that client has to call all my other clients and say, Hey, Laura sick, can't work. And, um, I decide, oh my gosh, I would never do this. It must be the job. <laughs> so I quit the job. I start my own training business out of another gym. Mm-hmm. And it goes well. And then the market crashes. And I mm-hmm. lose everything. Within about eight weeks, I went from, you know, 45, 35, 38 to 45 hours a week of training mm-hmm. to two. And, I mean, I cleared through my savings. My husband and I had gotten engaged at this point. And... Um, I lost everything. It was awful. It was a really bad time.
1: And I don't want to skip over the fact that you got wasted on St. Patrick's Day, had to cancel on most of your clients the next day, and decided it was the the jo- the new management <laughs> position's fault. You're like, I'm out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to start my own company because I can. Yeah. You do oh, it. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the alcohol catches you; <laughs> it's the fact that the economy does.
0: Yes, okay. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Like,
1: because I just there's these moments. Um, like, I want somebody to make your movie of your life mm. because I feel like there are so many things that you're like waiting for that for the crescendo, and you're like, oh wait, it's not yet. Wait, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you, where's it was supposed to happen? Like, what do you mean? Yes. Like. Nope, not yet. There it wasn't it wasn't that moment yet. No, I had to
0: <laughs> hard left. And uh so that and so now like I'm at home, I'm drinking like a pot and a half of coffee a day, a bottle or two of wine at night, my stomach hurts. I don't understand why. My husband's like, I'm a mess. Like my depression's really bad. I don't want to get out of bed. Like I can barely get out of bed to train the two people I had a week at that mm-hmm. point. And we were already engaged and he's like, you know, I love you and I know you have a ring on your finger, but I don't want to live this way. I can't live this way. And him setting that boundary quietly, I was like, "What?" And so I called a girlfriend of mine who I had been her manager, and now she was in a management position, and she had me back at Twenty Four Hour Fitness the okay. next day.
1: When he said that, what did you hear? Did you hear that he didn't want to live that way with the depression, with you not having oh, he's work? Leave me. But like, what what was it about that your lifestyle that he was like, "I can't do that part"? Yeah,
0: that, that he was going to leave. Hundred percent. He's like, You I can't I can't be with this person. And I'm like, I can't be this person anymore.
1: What was the this person? I think it's been trying to get Oh to. the laying in bed drunk girl. Yeah.
0: It was hot. No. It's <laughs> Totally over here uh, in my jammies. My jammy jams.
1: Not showering for three days. Yeah.
0: I know. Uh maybe. I still gotta work on that. I have goals <laughs> for two thousand nineteen. Um and you know, he, you know, we met I was twenty two when we met, and he has been He's not like me in the sense of where I get big and crazy when I need about like when I'm setting a boundary, like I'm better at it now, but I would just be so explosive and where he stays really calm. Mm-hmm. And he's expressed to me like he's feeling like that on the inside, but it's not coming out on the outside. And um, there was one time where I got crazy on him and he didn't say anything in the moment, but maybe like an hour later, when we we're by ourselves, he said, You know, Laura, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And you will never talk to me like that again. And I was so blown away that I had taken this really nice person mm-hmm. to this point, and I was like, "Damn, I got to change. I can't be this way." Mm-hmm. And he was the first man that I respected to work because typically I'd be like, "Oh no, you're cute, but I'm going to be me." Yeah, and I respected him so much that I I had to look at myself, mm-hmm. and I think that that another like another pivotal moment. I can't be this way, and so. Um, he really has taught me to like bring it down, mm-hmm. and he, he may or may not say that I have brought it down. I feel like I have considerably, but um, you know, him having those moments, those quiet moments of this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Not he's not trying to change me. He's just saying this doesn't work for me. Um, I, I had to listen. You know, I really had to listen, and so, um, I went and got that job back, and fortunately, because I didn't, I left on good terms. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, I'm not a bridge killer in my job situation you yeah know? and because I definitely have been that way with friends like if they started doing something I didn't like I just wouldn't talk to them again mm-hmm. you know and I had that's how I ended up on Facebook I had a girlfriend in high school her and I were super close she got a boyfriend I was so jealous like it was like I thought we were chicks before dicks we talked every day we hung out every day for like three years and then I just stopped returning her phone call she called me every day for a month and then when I got on Facebook, I was like, hey, you know, I did all these things and I'm really sorry. And she's like, okay. And I had to sit with that, you know, like I didn't deserve that friendship mm-hmm. the way that I ended it. So, you know, those are promises that I make to myself of like, I won't be that person again. Yeah. You know, and um, so I go back to 24 hour, I build my clientele back up. I'm able to pull away from that after a year and a half and have my own uh, business. And, um, but meanwhile, like my soul is just dying. Like my drinking is out of control. Um I hate myself. Like I'm back to that feeling as like I did as a little kid where I wanted to die Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't have the wherewithal to do it, you know? And, um, Josh and I got into another drunken fight and, um, it was 4th of July and, uh, we decided to not go on a vacation together. And I just sat at home all day Googling, like, um, Basically what to do. Yeah. You know, and I found a support group and I ended up going and.
1: What did you feel you needed? Was it all about what to do about drinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you knew that was the the bigger issue. It wasn't the depression. It was rooted in that. You yeah. knew that already? I, You know, I just thought I was a bad person,
0: but I knew the alcohol really brought it out. And so that's that's how I ended up with my search in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a women's meeting that day. And so I had a drink to get there. And, um, it was like the first time I felt like I was at home. Yeah. I was surrounded by women that were just like me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then from then on, like, I just, I, I was like, okay, I, I, this, I think this is it. I mm-hmm. think this is it. And I lasted for a couple months and then I'm like, oh, you know, I want to be normal. I don't want this. And then I just sat on my couch in my cat lady robe, giving my husband like glary eyes, you know, I hate you like, or, you know, this is your fault. Um, oh, because we had started going to marriage counseling uh, before I got sober because he was the problem. <laughs> and cute. That's I know, cute. I know, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, Well, I can throw the book, I can throw every book in the planet at you, but until you quit drinking, this is never going to get better. And I was like, Oh, maybe we don't need marriage counseling. So it took me a couple more months to get sober, but
1: I don't want to step over a really important thing, which is most people, it's not about giving up the drinking. It's giving up that feeling of being normal, I, yeah. Because it's not when you look at how much alcohol is wrapped into our society. Sure, like it, it's easier to give up the hard alcohol. Like we're not going to bars, not going to parties. Oh, I did all that, but there's still yeah. the level of, you know, you could go to a church barbecue and there's going to be hot dogs and beer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you're like, what? Okay. Like, everywhere, where where is a place where I can be just like everyone else and there's mm-hmm. not that void? Yeah. And how, you know, drinking wine is very common with a meal. And like, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. I think it's important to to sit on that for a second because people talk about sobriety and alcoholism and like, it's not the not drinking, it's the not wanting to not be normal. Yeah. That I think is the a barrier that people have to. 100%. You know, I didn't leave my house for
0: anything besides a meeting or work for a year. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. And like maybe a couple things, but I couldn't, you know, our marriage got really bad. Mm-hmm. All of my friends are heavy drinkers. Yeah. You know, now they have kids. And so it's it's a lot less now. But back then, those are the people that I want to be with. Mm-hmm. You know, we're wild. We're fun. You know, we know how to be the life of the party. And, you know, I, I was just so ashamed. I was so ashamed, you know, like grandparents on both sides, alcoholics. I mean, I come from a long line of alcoholism, drug mm-hmm. addiction. You know, we all, we kill ourselves with our addictions, you mm-hmm. know, what from obesity to drugs to alcohol, Yeah, you know, and that's, it's all I knew. And now my best friend and my, uh, like my best friend, alcohol and my best friend, Cameron, like she watched me circle the drain and she, I wasn't very nice to her. And she's like, I don't know what you got to do to fix you, but I can't be your friend right now. Mm-hmm. And that ripped me in too. I mean, that was a really that was a really big pivotal point for me. Not Josh and I arguing because we had been, you know, arguing for a while. It was really her that really made me look at myself and why we started the marriage counseling and me getting into counseling in the first place. Because here is this person that's had my back mm-hmm. in so many ways. I mean, the first person to have your back. The first person had my back, mm-hmm. and our relationship was really codependent back then too. And you know, it. We always like you know we would co-sign each other's bullshit across the board and mm-hmm. she couldn't do it anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And that that was huge, you know? Yep. I mean, I had to grieve her those first couple of years like like she died, mm-hmm. you know? And um, which now was the best thing. But back then, like, I felt like there was a hole in my heart that could never be replaced.
1: Well, and it's, it's even a version of yourself. hmm
0: hmm I had to grieve that person because there was a part of her that I was still... In love with like mm-hmm. the party girl the you know I'm gonna get in everybody's face and I'm you know yeah that's to a fault I mean like I'm lucky that I didn't get hit like I mean I seriously like I wanted you know that that man hatery thing that would come out and I would get in men's faces at bars and mm-hmm. stand up on the booth if I had to if they were tall like I mean I just was bananas yeah and you know I'm lucky I'm lucky that you know I that the violence was minimal <laughs> in mm-hmm. my drinking and um that uh, I got out relatively unscathed, comparatively. You know, yeah. just a lot of people, and so I decided to go back to that support group because my my friend needed help, mm-hmm. and so I can be of service to another person. I'm still a wreck, and it's been I don't know four or five months at this point of me sitting on the couch in the cat lady robe, eating all the food, giving my husband dirty looks, or because uh, he's still the problem in my head. And um, I was able to hear. message again. Mm -hmm. And so at this point I was like, this is what I need. This is the only thing that makes me feel okay and happy. So I've got to do this. So I got commitments at all these meetings and I, um, just immersed myself in it. And I started taking women to, um, uh, from, uh, recovery homes to meetings and, um, being of service to them, taking the job interviews or just hanging out Mm -hmm. and come to find out so many women that I'm in this support group with have sexual trauma, Mm
3: -hmm. have
0: abuse, like, you know, I think I have the genetic predisposition to be an alcoholic. The first time I drank, I drank alcoholically. Like yeah. I I didn't, it's always like till I'm throwing up, yeah. till I black out, like no matter what. So that, that hope of drinking like a normal person, like I didn't, I didn't hang on to that for very long once mm-hmm. I got in because I'm like, that was never my story. Like that, it's just mm-hmm. not in me. Like when I thought about the times that I would, um, you know, use again, like <laughs> it's like a tumbler with gin like it's never like something sweet and cute it's it's always volatile you're (laughs) not having a
1: glass of wine over dinner no no Mm -hmm.
0: especially wine it's such a mess to clean up when i get sick later so why would i do that to myself and who drinks white wine oh my god no (laughs) yeah so um hearing so many other women's stories and it's my story Mm -hmm. and i'm seeing myself everywhere and i can be of service to these women because fortunately i had that voice at 11 so I was comfortable talking about my trauma, mm-hmm. you know, and where a lot of people weren't or they're having, it's coming back. They didn't know that they'd had it yeah. and now it's happening because they're getting sober and I get to be of service to them and share my story and hold them and love them. And that was the beginning um, of growing that empowering women in a way that wasn't negative. That wasn't mm-hmm. like I'm putting men down or other people down because you're either with me or against me. It's yeah. like all of us together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and um, that that was huge. And then about a couple years in, I was having this moment with myself. Cause I, I didn't look at myself. I mean, I work in mirrors or everywhere in yeah. the gym and I had stopped looking at myself in mirrors for years. And so finally one day I'm like looking at my body and, I, and I'm like, it doesn't make me a better person. What pants size I wear. It doesn't make me a better person. Cause I, I always have this obsession of wanting to look like a trainer, mm-hmm. you know? And on so comparatively to Instagram, I don't, and that's okay. Like I don't, I don't need that validation anymore. Like I really thoroughly understanding like what makes what is important to me for a person, for myself, and for the people in my life has nothing to do with external. Um, change my life. Yeah, change my life. And I I, I was talking about it earlier earlier. Ali Owen put a post on her Instagram that said um when I, I stopped trying when I stopped trying to change my body I decided to change the world or something like that. And and that's, that's
1: the journal you can get on Powerful Ladies. That's our collab with her.
0: Nice. That is awesome. I'm excited. She's um, a badass. She, I do. I was listening to her podcast on the way here. I'm like, I love this woman. Mm-hmm. I love this woman. Um, I don't know her and I love her because I get it. I get it. All that self-doubt. And I like that, you know, you guys are talking about like, you don't have to be at an end point. You can just be in the middle of stuff right now. And mm-hmm. that's just where your life is at. You're you know? always
1: in the middle of something. Exactly. And and
0: that you don't have to look or be a certain way to be anything. No. You know, and like, you know, I have a certain way that I like to look if I'm wearing a bathing suit or whatever. But it it's that's just like my own preconceived yada. Like Mm -hmm. like, you know, her husband was like, You can work out if you want, but you know, I like you the way that you are. Like, you know, fortunately my husband feels the same way. And I like that you said, you know, that's like in us as people, like we want our spouses to be attracted to us. Mm -hmm. Because we're attracted to them, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, not that I quote unquote need the validation of him, but it's in a way like for, the, for our intimacy, like, I do yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. And and likewise, you know, he wants to know that I'm attracted to him because we don't look like we did 15 years ago, you know, 13 years ago, whenever we met, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, good. Good. Yeah. You know, and uh, because for a long time, like, my mantra was fat, disgusting, ugly. I mean, that was just what lived in my brain, fat, disgusting, ugly. And that stopped that day that I was like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter, you know. And... So fortunately that in that moment, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and just being like, it doesn't matter. And that was another huge pivotal moment of like, I'm just going to be the best person that I can be. And, you know, as long as I'm being of service to other people, my asshole meter is way down. Mm -hmm. I'm way better of a person and, um, trying to stay connected to that support group and, trying not to live in my head because it's a bad neighborhood still like as much work as I've done on myself. And I'm really proud of the woman that I'm, that I am, you know, I'm working towards, um, some more education. I'm doing a certification. Um, it's functional range systems is the parent company. And they have all these different ways that you can go to, to advance your education. And I've chosen the path of it's, uh, they call it, um, uh, like soft tissue work. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's massage, but like in a more, medical clinical manner so
1: who who uh, are the type of people you would help with that to give um, the listeners perspective
0: all my clients everybody comes in with some sort of ache or pain you know Mm -hmm. the majority of my clients are retired so I do have an older clientele but my whole career you know people come in like I had a knee surgery two years ago I get migraines I have this 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 so I've been using my hands to help people move more functionally Mm -hmm. to be able to get the job done of whatever their goals are so now it just it's more you know I pull out the massage table more and they're you know I had a 79-year-old woman text me. Love that she text messages. Yes. The other day that she was able to walk all over Catalina with her friends and not feel like she was the weak link of the four of them. You know, and she's one of she was of the four of them, she was the oldest. So um that's why I do what I do, you mm-hmm. know, and I want to educate myself more so I can be of service more to my clients. And um, but being in a learning environment, I I started to feel like I did when I was young. You know, it's been a long time since I've been in that type of learning environment a lot of you know most of the time it's like a workshop kind of thing and you're yeah. moving and you know in training it's a lot of movement excuse me but we're sitting there and we are listening to somebody and we're sitting there and like i'm feeling inadequate half the people in there have doctor degrees and that's not my story mm-hmm. you know like the last time i was trying doing a normal school environment was when i had my math problem so that went poorly yeah um and I just feeling really insecure, really inferior to these people in here. And, um, I mean, it really almost took me down. Like it was, I was ready to like, stop doing what I do, give my business away and like move into a trash can. Like Mm -hmm. I was just so insecure and I haven't felt like that in so long that it's like, wow, okay, I still have to work through this. And, um, but there's something in me that still feels like I'm moving in the right direction with this company, with this organization. And so I'm going to continue to do so. And it showed me what I'm lacking and what I need to move towards. Mm-hmm. But man, like it, it really, it rocked my world.
1: I'm, I'm sorry that you you got those emotions back, but I think it's so amazing to discover what's still left for you to take on. Yeah, Because, you know, when you look at the complexities of all the layers of your personal story, if you had to deal with all of them at once, like mm. it would be impossible for any Absolutely. human to, no one can do it, whatever your story is. And to know that you've taken on these steps and now you're getting to go through these, like I really believe that everyone has different seasons in their life, like because of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, and things show up differently. Like you said, you and your husband don't look the same. You're also not mentally the same people either, mentally, right. emotionally, spiritual, right? So everyone keeps evolving. And so things are going to come up different and again and it's crazy to me that you things can feel fine in one area and then you're like on top of the world and then something happens and you're like oh, totally I thought we were done with that
0: damn oh, it that's that's <laughs> the worst like i thought i worked through this when i got sober yeah. and all my sexual trauma came back my husband was like i thought you worked through this i'm like so did i yeah so did i i mean i was blindsided mm-hmm. but fortunately fortunately quote unquote um it opened up the opportunity for a level of intimacy with women in these support groups that I wouldn't have had otherwise, mm-hmm. which enabled me to have appropriate intimacy with my husband, mm-hmm. you know, my girlfriend, Cameron, she's back in my life, like, we have the most amazing friendship, yep. like, I have, you know, these women that I work with and program, um, meeting Bree, oh my yeah. god, like, the intimacy that I get to have, because I'm not ran by ego, mm-hmm. and department. I mean, my ego's huge, but like, in that department, when I see, like, another Powerful woman, like you yeah. just feel like I love you, mm-hmm. and we're like, you know, it's it's
1: incredible. And I can just be me, and little baby Laura comes out and plays, and we're like having a great all the time. Yes, it's wonderful. So, the Brie that we both love, um, she is episode four. So, if anybody wants to go back and check out Brie Zaragoza and hear her story, um, we're definitely gonna have her on again as well because we ran to like the two hour mark, and I'm like, you gotta go, we've got more <laughs> people coming. Um, but no, we both love her, I think, for the same reasons because. She's so committed to her personal self development mm-hmm. and everybody else's. Like being of service is so important to her. And she's naturally such a uh consistent listener. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful yes. Right? Yeah. And I what I love about being with around the two of you, mm-hmm. and like I'm gonna throw Caroline in there too, because it's like oh, that's awesome. been yeah. like when we're is all. She gonna be on here too. I hope so. Oh. We keep playing phone tech. All right. So we'll make it happen. Yeah. She's amazing. I'll just drive
0: her down here. Now that I know how to get here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, like, when we're all together, I feel like the awesome version of myself from when I was eight. And I, I brought this up a couple mm-hmm. times in the podcast because I really feel like that child version of you that's like the good version.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not the spoiled version, like sure. demanding things. But <laughs> there's something beautiful about the person that you were then. Mm-hmm. And the expectations and the possibilities and being tuned into what you as an individual really care about versus all the influences you have.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: when that person gets to come out and, and to your point, play, like, that's when I'm like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. we are doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Because it, it, there's no other, it's just joy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's weird to be able to work out mm-hmm. and not be able to do the workout because you're laughing too hard <laughs> and like want to do it like mm-hmm. it's we could just get to be ourselves and yeah. i really appreciate that and that's why i value you guys and you and um i wish more people had the opportunity to do that like to be silly and innocent yeah. and
0: that's what i love about my space like mm-hmm. you know my business partner and i and i met him at the gym we were at prior to opening this one is uh, that's why we have plants in the front and a couch and like we wanted it to be a non-intimidating environment Mm -hmm. that you do you come in you play you do what you gotta do and just feel love and love to do it because the gym is such an intimidating environment Mm -hmm. such an intimidating environment and i would say 80 percent of my clientele that i have currently would not step foot in a box gym i wouldn't get to know them otherwise if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for this facility you know it's a gift it's a gift
1: yeah and you've done a great job of making that place feel awesome Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Yeah. My partner, he's, he's, uh, he's an ally and, uh, he's just a great man. Yeah. He's just a great man. And, um, you know, my husband is super grateful because Chris can do anything. My partner can do fix and do anything. Cause Josh is like, I know that it would be me doing that if he didn't have all that going on, you know? And, uh, you know, he makes people feel good. Like my, like he knows Everybody's clients' names. He's way better at that than I am. Like I'm like, hey, hun. I'm like, we'll I'll turn him again, and he just knows. Like he's yeah. just, he's great, and like he just creates that comfortable space, you mm-hmm. know, which is important for me, you know, obviously. And I just, I feel really blessed that that I get to have a business with him, and that he's, um, that he is who he is, you know.
1: How did how did you guys find each other, and when did you decide to go back into having your own?
0: So when gym? I uh, when I got sober. Was Which running, was when? This was uh July 2012, uh, July 6th. And my first meeting was July 5th, and then my first day without a drink was July 6th. So um congratulations,
1: by the way. Thank you. Pat myself on the back.
0: And um my biggest fear was that I wouldn't be funny. And now I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and and, and honestly, I, I think that's important also to to pause on too, because you are I almost feel like the version of you that I get to meet because I have, I have only known you sober, is like the most self expressed version of you. Mm, thank like you. I, in my head, the whatever whoever you thought you were before, funny or entertaining, I'm like, was that you or was that thougal? Mm-hmm. We're like, now I know. Like, nope, it's just her, and that's real, and that's awesome, and yeah. I'm gonna pee my pants laughing. <laughs> so we have to like to have a timeout. And I think it's I think that's really important for people who. Who being um entertaining is important to know that no, it's really you and it's not gonna go away. Yeah. It was it was
0: huge for me to get to that place because that was my biggest fear. I mean, I had I had to quit drinking. So I was like, I guess this is the sacrifice I'm making, you know, but now it's like I'm funny and way less angry. <laughs> so I, I would say it's an extra bonus that there's not like like a little string of rage that just ran through everything mm-hmm. that um now, just you know, is way more down there. Not yeah. that it can't be accessed, but it's not. um, It's definitely not just like Yeah. You know. So I thank you for that because that's that I would say is the most important thing to me because mm-hmm. of because of what laughter means to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to have that in a in a space where it's accepted, because in the learning environment. There was no playful extravaganza. There yeah. was no laughing. And I'm like. But there
1: should be. Shouldn't there? I think so. I was fighting so hard for it. It was not accepted. <laughs> but like. <laughs> yeah. I, it was. My yeah. Fa- Even. I, I'm, I was and still am a nerd. Right. So what? I operate very well in those structured learning environments. Uh, even though like. Yeah. I wasn't a goody two shoes in the same sense. But I'm good at just doing the work. Right. hmm mm-hmm. And my most favorite learning experiences have been when they've been all encompassing, Mm -hmm. when it's not like sit there and just do the work and listen to us and do the test because you're not engaging, like it's not real life. Mm -hmm. Like it makes me crazy that we teach anything that's not in a real life environment. Totally. I mean, it probably.
0: I mean, I wouldn't have. I don't know that I would have felt as stupid as I did. But honestly, like when coming from a traumatic coming from trauma mm-hmm. and like not knowing if you're going to have food tomorrow and all those things. Like, I don't know that I would have been able to focus in any learning environment. No, it's the hierarchy of it needs. It's just, yeah. So I just, uh, how,
1: how does coming from that environment make you think about like kids and education and, and has it changed how you view kids in general and like what's oh, still happening? Percent, hundred percent.
0: Like, you know, I definitely, you know, we do a lot of stuff with the boys and girls club at the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, get gifts for families that can't afford gifts for their families. And, um, you know, we get several families. And so – because our the people that work out at my gym are so generous. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to – most of the time, they're just asking for their needs. Socks, underwear, jackets, toothbrush, pants, toothbrush like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was one of those kids. And, you know, free, free breakfast, free lunch. And, you know, when the government shutdown was happening, like I'm calling the Boys and Girls Club, like, what are we gonna do mm-hmm. you know do and at that point like it wasn't dire so yeah but uh I want to make sure these kids are being fed like mm-hmm. this is awful like it's such a stressful feeling you know my sister has such a vivid memory of you know going to kindergarten or first grade very young and thinking I'm not gonna have food you know and you know I knew at some point that they wouldn't they would just give you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like if if you things were paid for or whatever like because mm-hmm. my mom didn't like to fill out the paperwork every year huh? Um, to show our income, so to, that we qualified, and so yeah. there was this like week where she didn't think she was going to be able to have food, but the schools passed a thing like no kid without lunch. So mm-hmm. like even though you didn't have the money or whatever, they would still give you something. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have the as big of a fear as she did, and I, she just recently told me about this. I had no idea. Um, and so having those experiences in my head, when I see that, it's like I feel the need to like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I do? And But I also have a thing where my partner likes to go and, like, be Santa Claus and go to the families and meet them and love on them. And it's this awesome experience where I can't do that mm-hmm. because I don't want to see why they're in the situation that they're in. Yeah. Because I don't know that I can go at it um, without judgment. Yeah. Because I know why we were in the position. Like, we always, had, we always had drugs in the house. We always had alcohol in the house. My mom always had her gambling stuff. But yet we're not gonna we might lose the house, the house, the trailer. Mm-hmm. We might lose, um, we might not be able to eat. I mean, these are the things that she would say, like, Oh, we're not gonna be able to have food or we're not gonna be able to have this. But I always saw the drugs and the alcohol and the lottery. I always saw those things. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be put in a position to like judge, yeah, you know. And I know my limitations, and maybe that will change. So, um, I try to like just give silently, yeah, so that I can I can feel good about it and not, you know, and I I just don't I don't want to be triggered in that way. I guess
1: I think there's an opportunity for you to cause give all that love you have to the kids, maybe in a situation Mm -hmm. where it's like just kids and not Mm -hmm. the families. Mm Because I totally understand what you're saying and knowing that. You like you are such a mama bear
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I don't think I'd want to put parents who are making bad choices in front of you either. Sure. <laughs> for yeah. their yeah. I mean, because not that you couldn't and handle th- it. And but- I think there are people that get in those positions and it's real.
0: Yes. Life is hard. Yes. You know, like, to, especially living where we live, it is so expensive. Like, I make okay money, but if I had two or three children to raise and something had happened to my husband, I would need services. I would mm-hmm. need help. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're for. And, you know, so I'm definitely pro-services. And yes. um, I, I think uh, for the children, you know, I think it's really important. And, you know, I I don't, and I, so they're important. And I, I just don't, I don't want to know anything other than that.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's a really noble place to come from. Because a lot of people don't want to give or have services available because they think that they're enabling bad choices. Mm-hmm. And you're so right that there are just some people that it's it's um, they they've made choices that may not have been illegal choices mm-hmm, or sure. bad life choices, but they made maybe not a smart choice about something. Mm-hmm. And they're still there. And yeah. to your point, like everyone in the family gets impacted. Yeah. I'm so fortunate
0: that my brain works the way that it does and that I've been able to move forward mm-hmm. and not stay in the generation of welfare and food stamps you know cuz i have i do have i have two sisters that have received services mm-hmm. um you know and one sister that has been able to you know not and work a job that has kept her from being able to you know mm-hmm. to, that has been been fortunate for her to you know provide for her family and um you know i luck of the draw you know i mean that my brain works the way that it does and that's not the case for everybody
1: well and i think for all of us the people who have come into our lives that have given us An opportunity and guidance Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just support. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky to come from a great family, and I still know that I have been so fortunate to have non-family members that have come across my path Mm -hmm. to help do that something else. Right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's,
0: you know, I had a few adults in my life that um, were just kind. Mm -hmm. You know, the parent, the that boyfriend that I was obsessed with, his mother. You know, she, hi, she, she was an angel for me, mm-hmm. you know, my best friend's mom, you know, she, especially after she met my mother was like, anytime Laura needs to come over, she's, she's welcome. Yeah. And so every Friday, Saturday night, she always made sure there was enough food for me too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but, you know when my dad would be in and out of the hospital because of health issues, you know, he's a type one diabetic and didn't take care of himself. She's like, Hey, you know, you call Laura, you know, they had moved to Chino Hills. You call Laura if she needed to come down here. She can come down here. Mm-hmm. And she never really talked to me about it. She was a quiet lady. Yeah. But like I always knew like that I could go there mm-hmm. and that I had a place there. Mm-hmm. And like that's huge. Huge. Yeah. You know, because I never felt like I belonged. You know, yeah. my stepmom, when she was done dealing with me, she'd be like, go back to your house. You know, even though when I was being good, it was like, well, this is your house too. Yeah. You know, and then my mom wanting me to be at my dad's on the weekends because I was such a hard child to deal with, she would say. So whatever they were doing that weekend, they didn't want to have to take care of me. So I never felt like I belonged, Mm -hmm. you know. And so that place of belonging is so important to me. Yeah. You know, that I like it goes back to the gym. I know that it's intimidating. I know that it's uncomfortable. But what can I do to make you feel safe there? Yeah. Because you're going to get whatever you need. Mm-hmm. You know, physically, obviously. And, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's that's definitely my my like that's it. That's why I do what I do. And you know, we've had the gym for five and a half years now, and it's it's amazing. You know, I would love to have a couple more trainers that you know that where wherever they're at isn't suiting them, and they want to come and join, you know, our family because I think that there's not enough spaces like our space, mm-hmm. and um, that's you know, unfortunately, I got to meet you know, Brie of episode four, um, because we needed more trainers. And I knew somebody that knew a guy named Adam.
3: Mm-hmm. He
0: came in. I was like, who do you want to work with? He's like, I want to work with Brie. So they came over and, yep. you know, we started to build, you know, what it is now, you know, with my partner and we have a few other trainers there too, that like, it, that's our whole goal. Yep. It's like, you know, what can we be for these people?
1: You, you guys know? make me want to become a personal trainer and I don't <laughs> think I would be good at it. <laughs> but that, but it is. It's like, there's... um when you get to create a family that you work with every day, it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah. It is a family. I mean, if I'm having like a thing and like I can just walk like a feeling, I'm triggered. My grandma works out at my gym with Brie, in fact. And sometimes just looking at her is kind of triggering. Mm-hmm. And um she and I can just, hey, I just need a hug right now. Yeah. No explanation, no nothing. She'll just hug me. You know, hugs were limited growing up. Like very limited, and I'm such an affectionate person. To think, like I think, God, how how hard must that have been? You know, I I don't even have like a recall.
1: They say you need six hugs a day. I get so for many men. optimal mental health. I believe that. Oh, well, and I'm so jo- down here. Jordan was saying how oh, she gets zero, which we're going to work on. We're going to work on that. But when These um, arms, I'm stretching, oh girl, you <laughs> know what's happen here, right? it was to, my dad is adorable. Our dad, and when she was living with us my dad would text me and be like, did you give Jordan her hug today? Oh my God. Mm-hmm.
0: Your dad is my spirit animal. Oh, you, yeah. Oh my gosh. We could just hug each other.
1: <laughs> and he's, it's Where funny. Where does he live? Right now they live in Kentucky, but they're, too far to we're moving to them over today? here. Today? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but it's funny because like, you don't, my dad doesn't occur to me as like a touchy feely guy. Like he, d- d- he does give great hugs and he's always like hugs you goodbye and hello. And sometimes mm-hmm. he'll just hug you because he wants to hug you. Mm-hmm. But he's not like, there's some men that are just very touchy. Mm-hmm. He's not like that. Sure. And so for him to like be like make sure these hugs are happening. I'm like, "Dad, I love you." That's amazing. Like that would never
0: like my grandma started hugging me like 10 years ago and mm-hmm. I was like, "Ugh." Like I went rigid. It like and she has Oh, she'll never listen to this. She has, like, the little old lady looks. And uh-huh. She's, like, coming at you. And she started mouth kissing, which horrified my husband because he does not come from an affectionate family either. So they're, like, I'm coming for you. And you're, like, I don't know. I can get away from it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but it's so it's, – it's more comfortable now. But, like, it, it was very awkward. Yeah. Because our family did not hug. Yeah. And to just have this arthritic lady just, oh, it's happening. <laughs> you know.
1: Well, oh, I'm, I'm just really glad that um, you have become the antithesis to what your family is on so many levels. Yeah. Thank you for being that human. Thank you. It feels good to be that human. One of the things we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. is where do you put yourself on the Powerful Lady scale? Zero being normal average human, 10 being Powerful Lady.
0: So I knew you were going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. I was hoping we'd run so long that you'd forget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, that last weekend really rocked my world. I feel like I'm operating like a six point five seven. It's so high. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I mean, nothing will be what it used to be. But like, I was I was at a pretty good nine for a while. I was feeling Mm -hmm. like I got a cape on. Life is good, and like, but you know, I don't like change. And I got to grow and change. And so I'm just in it right now. Mm -hmm. And just making sure that I'm, you know, I heard early on in my sobriety, like, go where the love is. And like, that's why I'm here. You know, because I feel like you're so amazing that like, I'm just like, I'm going to, I got to do it because she's amazing. So it'll at least feel good to be in the same room. Yes. You know, and just like hunting down anybody that makes me feel loved.
1: (laughs) The biggest things that I've learned is about the scale. If If no one else can measure it the same way, it's not real. It's mm-hmm. part of your story, mm-hmm. and being smart is on that story. Like, like loving someone's on that story. So, unless it's your height, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even that, I guess you could say, is questionable metrics versus mm-hmm. not, you know, imperial system. But when you realize it's all a scale, and you're the person who decided where on that scale you fall,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you get all your power back. Yeah, you're like, am I smart or not smart? And you're like, hold on. I'm in a room full of doctors. This just means I'm pretty smart. Moving up the scale. Oh my god! I didn't even consider it that way, right? Oh my god. Uh, no. <laughs> but really, like we there's a um, an amazing woman, Marnell, who's also been uh, on the podcast. I don't know what episode it is right now. We'll add it in the show notes. But she um, never went to college and became a public speaker. Mm. And she felt like she was living a lie for so long because yeah. no one knew that she didn't have a degree and she was helping all these executives at big companies mm-hmm. like figure out their shit. Right. And one day she's at a speaking engagement and says like, I only have a high school degree.
0: hmm
1: And she was like, all right, this is where my career ends. This is it,
0: yeah.
1: And it changed her career in the other way. All these people came up and they were like, oh my God, if you can do that with just this and like you open this up and she's she had a line of people waiting to talk to her afterwards. <laughs> oh
0: my God, that like brings tears to my eyes because that's definitely like, that's a big thing. Like, yeah, I don't, Think it will advance my career to go at mm-hmm. this point, you know, at my age and and all that. But sure. like, and I have no desire to sit in a room and have somebody talk at me for hours. Let's yeah. be honest. um But like, that's that's incredible, mm-hmm. you know. And I have not felt insecure about that in a really long time. But last weekend definitely brought that up for me.
1: But it's it's but really though, like you're hanging out in a room full of doctors. That's yeah, valid. Mm-hmm.
0: Valid. I did not. That did not even like click. Not even a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, that's so you, a good point. You're such a badass that you're like, I don't need to go to school for 12 years. I can just show up I right next to you. crazy bastard. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> let's talk about how much fun I've been having while you've been in school. My gym has an orchid. Yeah. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, probably nothing. Like, let's Obviously. be honest. Very bored. Very yeah. boring life. But that's a great thing to ask everybody. Imagine if you just went back and your game was figuring out if they also have an orchid.
0: Oh, my gosh. It would take me three days. These people Shut
1: down. I think everybody was scared. Yeah, well, that's think about it that way. If if you have the title, these titles add weight. Mm -hmm. So you can't be the doctor in there that's asking the dumb questions because you always got to be
0: smart. The teacher at some point was like, hello, it's disconcerting when people are not giving me feedback. Because I gave all kind of like, "Mm mm-hmm, and feedback and question on the first day. But then I'm like, the only person talking. So I also don't want to be the only person talking. That's annoying. So then I like shut it down. And then by the last day, he's like, I need some feedback here. I'm like, see. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I did not do that. But I'm like, okay. Because like, that's what I would want, you know, yeah. in the speaking environments that I've been in. When my first being my dad's funeral, weird. Oh. But I got a lot of laughs. So it was very important to I'm me. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it, you want that. You want that back. So then I just felt like I was speaking out of turn. But then on the Sunday, he's like, hello. I'm like, see, like, come on, guys. And so that's like the only thing that makes me think like maybe that because it's the information is different. From prior information, yeah, for everybody, it's new. Yeah,
1: that's why you go to school. Uh, valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just I think everybody wants everyone to show up as their big, awesome self. So just show up as powerful lady. Yeah. Obviously, you have a big life. Mm-hmm. What do you do on a regular basis to be operating at your best? I need to nap.
3: Mm-hmm. I
1: like to do a lot of nothing
0: on Saturday. I meet with Cameron. We spin. Mm-hmm. I like to spin because I'm attached to the bicycle indoors. I opened a gym to not teach in grass. People ask me to teach boot camps. I'm like, absolutely not. Here's 11 other people that will.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and then we work out. And then I feel like I've earned my nap. And then I just hide. It is my favorite thing in the world, nap. Um, and very important to me. My husband, I think, used to think I was super lazy because he's also a workaholic. So he's like, How could you spend this time doing nothing? I'm like, I just trained 45 people this week. Um, or It's very
1: people. emotional. It's a draining. lot. Mm-hmm. It,
0: it's a lot. Like, I don't, I drive home in silence. I don't talk at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the talker because uh, I'm just no more.
1: Well, you it's not just helping people with their bodies, but it's like being in a hair salon where everyone shares mm-hmm. their stories, and mm-hmm. you know their whole life, and you're just yeah. as engaged and invested, and you're also trying to motivate everybody. And Yeah, no, 100%. It's a lot. And I love it, but it, it can be, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. Um,
0: I love food mm-hmm. a lot. So, like, finding new places to eat. I love, like, thank God for the spice trade. Like, yes. Can we talk about that? Like, <laughs> yes. how amazing that is? Because... I would be eating nothing besides sausage and potatoes. I'm Mm -hmm. German and Irish, hence the drinking problem. And with like 5% Italian. (laughs) And um, I loved, I mean, like I found a new Indian food place. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I love food. So going to a new restaurant that tastes amazing, like feeds my soul and I don't have to eat it out of anything's neck (laughs) is amazing. So that's, that's, uh, those -hmm. are my favorites. I would say food and napping. Other than like laughing and hanging out with my favorite people, yeah. like I get to do so much of that, uh, you know, in life in general. But like napping and food.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you are in a valley, which can happen in it, like in a minute, in an hour, a day, mm-hmm. what do you do to get yourself out of it?
0: I go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. I go to a meeting for sure because, um, my husband is incredible. But I can't hear his incredibleness when I'm in my head, mm-hmm. and um, I need a meeting. I need to hear what other people are going through. Um, I I will call the women that I work with and program. I will, um, but typically, like I I go to a meeting and my podcasts. You know, I live. I love my podcasts. I'm a junkie. Anything mm-hmm. comedy, anything like any stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, I just. What are some of your favorites? Oh my goodness, uh, Ali Wong. Like this year, this last year, Ali Wong, she blew it out of the park. She's hilarious. Um, I love I love Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I love um Bill Burr. I love uh, I Greg love Fitz- Bill Burr. Oh my gosh, he's I got to see him.
1: I mean, yeah. that's love right there.
0: Right there. I know. Cause he likes it, but it's not like his favorite thing. So mm-hmm. I was like,
1: oh my God, what?
0: Um, Greg Fitzsimmons. Um, I love who have I? hmm i'm like i can just go. john mulaney oh my gosh john I, mulaney nick kroll oh my gosh have you seen big mouth life-changing oh my god yeah. i am the hormone monstrous
1: <laughs> but this is what we were talking can about can i talk about the hormone yes monsters? Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah no but this is what you and Bree were telling me when i had that one day off in the past six months oh, and yes. you guys were like go home do not do anything and watch big mouth yes and i Did texted you, you guys because i was like oh, that's totally <laughs> failed i started working again sorry <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you have to, oh my gosh, I'm the hormone monstrous. She's, she's like, oh, I try to like imitate her mouth and, and, and imitate her voice a little bit. And she's, you know, she's telling you like what not to do with your parents and don't leave me with shit show, Shannon. And, <laughs> oh, and I try to talk like her at home because I think, I can't think of her first name right now. Um, it starts with an A i mean? forget who the monstrous is but i know maya rudolph does it's the her. voice yeah maya rudolph she's Maya Rudolph. yeah, yeah. she's yeah. A, yeah it's maya rudolph yeah i love her she's hilarious oh mm-hmm. my god she blew my mind in uh bridesmaids she can it's happening like i can't she i just oh i love her i lo- like wanda sykes um i thought uh ellen's last one was great um i just i love when women oh my gosh uh lisa lampanelli the grosser, the better. I love her. She just, when she, her poor ex-husband, big ball Tony, like I just, I love like graphic, mm-hmm. dirty women that I just love it. It mm-hmm. just, it kills me. Cause that was everything I was, my grandma tried to nip that in the bud. I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Um, And I, I just, I just love loud, funny people that just, just put it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely on the not apologizing for your humor, mm-hmm. <laughs> bandwagon because I just it's just you know I love it. Judd Apatow, I thought he blew it out of the park with his I you know I just I love it. I love it all of it. I could just keep babbling about stand up comedy
1: for women who are currently dealing with some of the dark things that you've dealt with, whether it's um, abuse or drugs or alcohol or in a in a trauma what would you what What do you want them to know being on the other side
0: it's always worth the fight if you not alone number one not alone don't do it alone I'm a strong believer if you can't fix what's broken with what's broken and when your brain is not operate, operating at its finest um, all we can see is the dark side mm-hmm. you know so whatever support group that is appropriate for your issue um, you keep going to them until you find one where you feel safe um and you don't have to be alone. Um there there is a lot out there. We just have to be willing to walk in those doors. Or there's a lot online, there's phones. I mean there's all of that exists um and find your your pack, your pack, mm-hmm. you know. I joke the women that I work with, they make fun of me cuz they, they you know, they're like, "Oh, Laura and her lady pack." But that's important to me, my mm-hmm. lady pack because without the strength of the women that did it before me, I would not be the woman I am today you know yep. trust the process and it's always worth it for me for me it was worth it
1: yeah what 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 surprises you about your life today
0: uh, that i'm loved yeah you know when i think back of you know all my little stuffed animals and i just wanted to be loved mm-hmm. i just wanted to feel safe i get to feel safe today um yeah that i get and i get to love so many people mm-hmm. like genuinely mm-hmm. you know yeah,
1: yeah, there's no doubt. I, I mean, you, on a scale of genuine, I think you're off the charts. I so. oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then for women who are, or listeners, not just women, but listeners who are interested in owning their own gym mm-hmm. and, and creating that space like you've described, how do they start? That's a
0: lot. Um, you know, fortunately for me, um, I wanted to um, – I would started to become a really aggressive saver at a young age because I was so afraid to like be poor, mm-hmm. um, and so I had the money when I was going into it. Um, I would say, make sure you have a clientele, make sure you have income already when you're going into it, because you know, walk in business is very like it's. Rough. I am mm-hmm. like unless you are a coffee shop, like nobody's walking. You know, I feel like you have to, that's that's a word of mouth thing. You have to trust people want trust already. So like building a reputation that's not like you know your butt on Instagram because mm-hmm. that doesn't translate into money. Yep. So I am told my butt is not on Instagram, but um, it's too pale. It's too pale. <laughs> it's too pale. It's the color of milk. But um, you are in a company, so yes. mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yes, I am. My milk sisters. <laughs> the first thing that I thought of actually when I walked in the door I was like my milk sisters um so um that I think I would say that like make sure that you know you ha- you have some sort of income coming in and that's like me coming from a fear place of not mm-hmm. being able to feed feed myself mm-hmm. and I knew that um I needed a business partner it was something that I couldn't do on my own because there are so many things that I lack and he has all of those things mm-hmm. so um It just depends on like where you're coming from and just starting a business in general, knowing that it's all going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. You have to set boundaries with yourself of how much you're willing to work in a day because everything you're putting into your business are the things that you're taking out, you know, on your regular life. And obviously when you first start it, it has to be your life. Mm -hmm. But like eventually like learning those boundaries and like, you know, setting time for yourself and for your family is super important.
1: Anything else that you want to tell our listeners about what you're up to or what you're excited about for the future?
0: Um, just, I mean, finishing out all the education that I paid for um, and keeping my ego aside. And I will grow and be a bigger person this year, whether I want to be or not. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, like hopefully that like I can get more of this under my belt and, and feel the confidence that I should feel in this environment. Mm-hmm. Like not to should all over myself. But, you know, like to, yeah. to not have the insecurities around education that I've had.
1: Yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity for you to get that confidence and have that breakthrough. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer that you can do anything. Like, you are a powerful lady. You've always been that way. Thank you. And it's important that powerful ladies feel powerful in every area that they don't. Yeah. So I'm excited for you to take that on and yeah. get it back. Thank you and show yeah. those doctors who really has the power
0: these thumbs I've, I've, by the end of this year I want like a cap and gown for each one of these thumbs
1: yeah <laughs> we can make that happen
0: Oh, that's right because I'm with other powerful ladies
1: Yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing your story for being yeah. a guest for being a yes for me in my life and oh, I'm just so honored you. that um, yeah that, that you're a yes to being a powerful lady and and let me be in your lady pack
0: yeah I do I got a good lady pack
1: you. you the path that Laura's life has taken is equal parts proof and miracles proof that you have guardian angels and proof that you can change your life at any moment and in an instant I hope that this episode gives you perspective of what is possible to overcome that the life you dream of that you might think is too far away or too good for you or too unrealistic is actually possible and can be yours. I respect Laura not only for what she's gone through, but that she continues to take on the evolution of who she is and does it with so much joy, happiness, and love for everyone whose path she crosses. To connect with, support Laura, or find out how you can work at her gym, you can follow her on Instagram at exercisewithlaura or email her exercisewithlaura at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com. To hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful. Get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop. Or donate to the powerful ladies one day of giving campaign and of course follow us on instagram at powerful ladies for show notes and to get the links to the books podcasts and people we talk about go to thepowerfulladies.com i'd like to thank our producer composer and audio engineer jordan duffy she's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world if not the first and she also happens to be the best we're very lucky to have her She's a powerful lady in her own right. In addition to taking over the podcasting world, she's a singer songwriter working on our next album and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life Go be awesome and up to something you love. This episode is brought to you by Income School and their Project 24. Project 24 is the course load that Income School put together to teach you how to monetize your website to replace your income in two years or less. This is a huge opportunity for all of you looking for your side hustles, to figure out how to monetize your passion projects and the things that you care about, this is the online course to take. They give you so many different lessons. They even include a 60-step checklist to take you from zero to replacing your income. Everything from how to write blog articles that are effective for SEO search, how to create your first YouTube um, videos and how to link them back to really build a community that we're all talking and connecting with, And also when's the right time to add in affiliate links and to monetize all these different assets that you have. We're doing it at Powerful Ladies because we gotta make money, right? To support all the amazing content that we're creating for you guys. And this program has been a game changer for us. I would love to hear what you guys think, take the course, like figure out how we can build amazing uh, platforms together. If you go to PowerfulLadies.com, you'll see a button for income school um, on our website, so you can find it there, or you can go directly to incomeschool.com forward slash 3256 forward slash P24 for Project 24.